All right, here we go. Episode 86 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. We got a special episode for you guys today. We got a guest joining Sam and I, and we're going to try to make this as frequent as we possibly can. I know we always say that, but we're really trying to amp that up uh, moving forward. We also have a guest for you next week to go over the draft, because the draft is next week as well. Um, but before we get into all of that, Sam, how was your week, man? Dare I say, I think it's impossible to understate how good of a two shows we have lined up for you guys. Counting this one, we brought in one of our best guests we've ever had. And then to follow it up next week, we're bringing in a guy that has produced in so many occasions for this show. You guys should consider yourselves lucky for turning this podcast on. Just saying. I don't think I could have said it any better. I don't think I could have said it any better. And speaking of our guest, uh, you've heard him before. Keegan Ness is joining us today. Keegan, it's good to have you back. Thank you, boys. Good to be back. Thank you for having me. You got to wait we... for the live the live audience to finish by. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Woo, we, we, brought, <laughs> we, we brought Keegan on for a very specific reason. There is a lot, well, I, well, I guess a lot is the appropriate word. There was something big that happened in the world of, not only in the world of sports, but mainly in the world of soccer, which just happens to be Keegan's point of expertise, so we'll get into that. But before we get started, I do have to ask, Sam, you got your second dose of the vaccine this past week. How are you feeling? How was the recovery process? I know some people do better after the second dose, and I know know some people do worse i think you caught the uh the bad side of it if i'm not mistaken well i don't i don't know if it was quite the it was it definitely wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be because it from what i've heard it's like you have you can have like flu-like symptoms type of thing like really just like you're totally sick and have a cold um i know jason only got the first dose keegan have you gotten any doses yet i got my first dose on monday this past monday oh okay nice uh, so I got the second dose on Monday, uh, felt great on Monday. Then Tuesday rolls around, um, at two o'clock in the morning, because it's usually your symptoms get, uh, start at, uh, 12 hours after you get your dose. So tw- two o'clock in the morning, I like instantly wake up almost on the dot. And I, from that point on had the worst sleep of my life, <laughs> probably woke up every hour from that point. And then the next day, I just had a nagging headache the whole time, felt exhausted, and just really couldn't get back. Like, usually you're supposed to lose your symptoms, is what I've been hearing, by that, like, 24-hour mark. But I just still felt awful. And I don't know what's going on. I just couldn't get anything done. It was probably all the video games I was playing that day, but (laughs) it couldn't have been that. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, Bree, when she got her second dose, she left work early and she was, she was like just down the rest of the day. So, I mean, that from everything, everybody who's, who I know who's gotten the second doses, everybody has said that, you know, that second one just really kind of knocks them on their ass. So I couldn't look forward um, to. <laughs> I couldn't go to my flag football class. That's how severe it was. <laughs> Took away the worst part of my week. Has that been, has the flag football class been? fun oh my god it's so much fun jason we literally just grab flags and play we're doing the dumbest plays we do like triple end arounds today we did like five laterals 
today, like the the um the longest yard schoolyard schoolyard BS play. That's literally what we did today. It's just so much fun. Like people don't really take it seriously. There is uh today, um uh, this one guy was talking all kinds of shit to the guy that was guarding them the whole game, and he literally just comes in the huddle. He's like, okay, um I'm gonna run deep. You throw it. You guys throw it to me. Um I just want to get this first play out of the way. Right? He goes goes deep 50 yard route just a streak we before the play was happening we're all saying oh he's going to you we're going at you blah 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 he he catches it right over the guy where everyone just sprints down the field this is freaking pe flag football and we're sprinting down celebrating freaking making a play it's just so much fun i love it i love it i love it flag football as a just as a recreational sport is a lot of fun. I played last summer with like, there's a competitive flag football league that gets played over at Wood Creek. And there were a couple guys at fitness MD who invited me to play. And that league is, it's full of like, you know, washed up high school and, and college football players and going out there and play flag football is a lot of fun. Just, just a pastime. So I get, I get that underrated game as well. Ultimate Frisbee. Did you, have you guys ever played ultimate Frisbee? Not competitively. I love Ultimate I think Frisbee. I think we played it in PE in high school though, didn't we? I'm sh- I'm sure we did. I'm sure. Yeah, if we, we did. I, feel I like think that's the only time. Yeah. Right. I would love to join an Ultimate Frisbee like that. That would be super fun. Um. All right, <clears throat> Keegan, how was your week? Uh it's just been busy. Um, you know, school. I got finals in a couple weeks. Um, soccer's been really busy. We were in the Big Ten final. Uh, five days ago. Um, and we lost, but. We have the NCAA tournament to look forward to next week. Um, but, you know, everything's going well. April madness for you guys. Exactly. Well, right. technically May. for Our first game May 2nd, I believe. No, oh, well, then there you go. May madness. That sounds better than May April madness. May madness, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, speaking of sounding better, the Washington football team, we're going to roll into fast facts. The Washington football team, that name was something that was highly debated when it came out, something came out over the past, uh, it was like two weeks ago. It was a proposed list of potential team names that are floating around for the Washington football team. I'm going to read them off to you guys and uh, just tell me tell me what you think. I'll just read them all off and then we'll, uh, we'll do a roundabout on which one you like the most. The Washington Monarchs, the Washington Presidents, the Washington Wild Hogs, mm. the Washington Riders. That's not bad. The Washington Capital City Football Club. It's a mouthful. <clears throat> the Washington Red Wolves. Ooh. The, I, the, I think that one's the best. The Washington, That's not bad. Yeah, the Washington Aviators. The Washington Wayfarers. And the Washington Ambassadors. Which one do you guys like? Ambassadors. Um, I like the Red Wolves, truthfully. I, I think I like Red Wolves, too. Or... or... Washington Riders. I don't know. Is there significance behind the Riders one? Because obviously the other ones kind of make sense with the capital being in Washington. Um, but the Riders one, is, is there any significance to that? Do you know? I don't know. All I have is the names, not the reasoning behind them. Can I see a, a, a President's Patriots rivalry? In oh, yeah. <laughs> Can that, that be a thing? Yeah. Could be. I would love that. Could be. Um, can their monarch be like a um, an orange faced Donald Trump? An orange faced 
Donald Trump. <laughs> well, monarchs, though, I, I don't know if you guys are in the same. You guys probably are, but I think of the Sacramento monarchs. Oh the yeah, WNBA yeah, team. for sure. Man. I immediately thought like that's a a women's professionals team yeah. just because of that affiliation. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think the worst one is definitely the Washington Capital City Football Club. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a soccer team. Yeah. Like, I don't. You never hear football club when with American football. Literally, in abbreviations, it says CCFC. Like people are going to call them CCFC. Played yesterday. That'd be cool if they if they just were called Capital Capital FC. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah, again, if that's actually not bad. Yeah, they would stand out. I mean, just definitely like would. The, the Washington. They made the Washington football team work. They can make the Capital. <laughs> football club work i there was and as i was reading it there were a lot of people who were saying just the washington football team sounds fine it honestly grew on me yeah i mean out of all of them out of all of them i know that the i mean i the red wolves sound good and the writers i think i think those i think those sound good because they flow the best but the washington football team that that worked i i felt like it was one of those things where I think everybody, once it came out, was like, okay, this seems weird. But once we got towards the end of the season, I think everybody was just so used to it. I think it was the same thing with the Pelicans when they changed their name, too. It sounded weird, but now everybody's used to the Pelicans. Yeah. So, all right, so I got <clears throat> I got another couple things I want to throw to you guys just to get your reaction on. I saw this stat the other day about Kevin Durant that I thought was worth, worth reading because it just it blew my mind. So... Kevin Durant has – I'll just read it verbatim. Kevin Durant has more tweets than total <laughs> scored points in his NBA career. No way. He Whoa. has 24,000 points. Well, it just says 24.2K. That's all. That's the number that's given. Tweets. For tweets or – oh, okay, for tweets. And then 23.6K total points. Oh. So the whole idea about him and his burner accounts and feeding into everybody who's talking to him, if you needed a number to put to it, there it is. That that's like incredible. Like like I can't believe that. I know. Right? I, so so I, that's including all the burner accounts? That is not including the burner oh accounts. This is his official. <laughs> that is just his official like account. So not including the burner accounts. So how did oh Kevin Durant get so good if he spends this much time not playing basketball and tweeting? I don't know. It's almost like a testament to how talented he really is. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, if you look at it that way. Wow. But yeah, more tweets than points. And we're talking about a guy who, when he retires, may be looked at as the best overall scorer of all time. Yeah. So just putting that into perspective, I mean, that's – I don't know. I, I thought that was one of the more extraordinary stats I've heard in a long time. Katie's got to get healthy and score some points. That's all yeah, I can tell you. Because until he does that, his tweet average is just going to go up. So, um, I just did some quick math. So yeah. I'm on his Twitter. It says he joined in April 2009. So if his first day was April 1st, 2009, and he has exactly, we'll call it 24,200 tweets – Every day he averages 5.5 tweets. How? Just how? I, like, I think that's just so excessive. 
I mean, well, I, I, I'm actually looking at his feed. I guess he retweets a lot. Does that? I don't know if that contributes to it, but he does well, retweet I, quite a bit. I think answering people also counts. So if he's actively oh, okay. engaging yeah. in conversations with people, then yeah, I think I'm, he, I'm looking at that. Now. <laughs> yeah, he replies to himself a lot. <laughs> he's sending tweets like they're text messages. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I I, I heard that, and I just I, I had to share it here because it was. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. Um, and this other one that I got for you guys is about Steph Curry. So Steph has been absolutely lighting up the NBA over the past couple weeks. He has gone mm-hmm. on a stretch that has been just unbelievable. And to put a, a certain number to it. So this is from CBS Sports. This is the most games with 10-plus three-pointers in NBA history. All right. So Steph Curry in his career – has 21. The next person on that list would be Steph Curry just from this season alone. From oh this God. and this and this was from 2 days ago. So, from this season alone, he would be second with 6. Number 3 on that list is Klay Thompson. No other player has more than 3 such games. So, not only does nobody else does nobody have more than 3 games. Curry has doubled that of everybody else in one season, and then his, in his career, he has 21 of those games. That's unbelievable. So just to put it, more numbers to, to Steph Curry and his ridiculousness. Absolutely yeah, I ridiculousness. I don't watch basketball very much, but um, I, I watched their game against the 76ers the other night because a couple of my teammates, they're 76ers fans, and him at the end of the game – him just like chucking up shots. I I I could never. It was just unbelievable to watch. Well, he's single handedly right now saving the NBA. Just from the stance of the NBA season has been just riddled with bad games and players going down, and he is just he right now he's the best thing that the NBA has going for it at the moment currently. Agreed. I mean, you just look over over his last last couple games, and this is excluding the Wizards game. Um, that he just played in on the on the twenty first, his it was forty nine points, forty seven, thirty three, forty two, fifty three, thirty eight, thirty two, forty one, thirty seven. So wow. there you go. It was ridiculous. And then last but certainly not least, we do have to mention Alex Smith has retired. <clears throat> I've got a couple numbers about him. Um, he had seventeen surgeries. And then after his after the injury, three hundred and ninety three days later, he made his return to the NFL, and he actually he really was a big part of the reason why the Washington football team was in the playoffs last year. Alex Smith, honestly, I if there was a petition to rename the comeback player of the year, rename it the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award, I'd sign it in a heartbeat. I as well. The Definitely. what he what he had to go through and. Just the fact that that injury was not only threatening to his leg, but just his life at one point. Yeah. To be able to come back from that and then also to play at the level that he played at when he came back was was incredible. And there was actually something about Ron Rivera, saying, his head coach at, in Washington, saying how afraid he was to put him out there. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... You know he wants to go play, but if he gets hurt again, then you know you're forever the guy who who put Alex Smith back out there. You know, 
Now, granted, I don't think Alex would blame Ron, but I think internally as a coach, you would just that'd be that'd be that'd be tough to shake. Yeah, yeah. And I think that what's forgotten too is um, just the trials and tribulations that Alex had to go through during his whole career, even before the injury. I mean, getting drafted number one overall in a draft that would have Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and you're continuously being compared to him and then losing season after losing season for a really bad franchise in uh, San Francisco and then going through um, Mike Singletary as your coach not believing in, in you and then finally get a coach in John Harbaugh that believes in you. You have success and then he immediately goes to a different younger quarterback when you get injured. Then you go to Kansas City, you have success, and then once you get injured, you uh, lose your job to another young, athletic, talented quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. It's like this this crazy thing that Alex Smith is just getting overlooked all throughout his career, and um, just the story that the the football life that's going to be made for Alex Smith is going to be an enjoyable thing to watch. Oh, for sure, for sure, and to to putting. To put a, a number to the idea of him being overlooked, like you mentioned, I have a stat. It's the most wins by a number one pick in the common draft era. Hmm. Peyton Manning is number one with 186. John Elway is number two with 148. Eli is number three with 117. Terry Bradshaw is 108. And Alex Smith is fifth on that list with 99. Wow. So... He definitely was overlooked, and I know, Sam, you got to watch him play because he was in San Francisco. I got to watch him play because he came over to Kansas City. I, For me, the one thing that I'll take away from watching Alex Smith is I never felt like watching him, and maybe it's just because I always watched him when he played the Raiders, and the Raiders were terrible, but I just felt like he he never looked like he was having a bad game. It always looked like he knew exactly where he wanted to go, he always seemed to make the right decision, and I I was always afraid when we played the Chiefs when he was on that team because I always felt like, okay, well, you know, they won't make a mistake. If he's playing, they're not going to make a mistake. So we're going to have to beat them. We're going to have to beat their best because they're going to be always at their best if he is their quarterback. Yeah, he was the starting quarterback for, I think, one of my – favorite games as a 49er fan when they played the Saints in the wild card weekend and he uh, he ran it um, down the sideline for a score to get it to a one possession game and then threw it to Vernon Davis on the goal line and you have that um, great celebration after when Vernon Davis is crying with his mask off and it's just and with his helmet off and it's that's like I mean he was the catalyst of that that moment for me and my uh, sporting life yeah. So congratulations to Alex Smith on a fantastic career. And given the circumstances, I don't know if anybody else could have done exactly what he did. So and you congrats know to Alex. More than a game manager. That guy deserves oh, for sure. more than being labeled as a game manager. For sure. And you know for a fact if he wants to go to the booth, there is a spot waiting for him. Definitely. And I believe, if I remember correctly as well, I um, Andy Reid came out immediately and said, if he wants to be a coach, I get first dibs. Oh, he should get into coaching. I don't think – he's he doesn't really have, like, the type of um, 
I don't think he wants that kind of attention or that spotlight, really. He kind of, he kind of seems yeah. like a someone with a personality that really shies away from, not like afraid of that spotlight, but like someone that doesn't like need that to be happy. He, sure. he seems like someone that could be just coach. He seems like he could coach his local high school team and have yeah. a great life. Yeah. Well, whatever he ends up doing next, if he attacks it the same way he did his NFL career, I'm sure he's going to do great things. So... Um, all right, so those were the couple fast facts and some stats that I had for you guys at the beginning of this. Let's get right into exactly what we brought Keegan on for. Now, I'll admit I've done some research on this, but I am not nearly as well-versed as I believe the two of you are. Um, so I can read off a little bit, but I think it'd probably be better um, if, if, Sam, you uh, you took over on this one and Keegan, you helped him a little bit. And I'll try to throw in any stats or stats or statistics that I find about the Super League, or I should say the former, the proposed Super League. Hey, still a thing. So Still, still, still alive and well. All right, so, so let's, uh, I think we let's get, get into it. Back to uh, the beginning of this week when we were putting together a plan for this podcast, and we knew, we both somehow, without talking to each other, knew we wanted Keegan Ness on this yeah. week's podcast. Legit story, Keegan. We both. I texted him. I was like, "We need to get Keegan on." He's like, "I was just thinking, we need to get Keegan on." That just shows again, you know, exhibit five thousand that Jason and I are on the same wavelength here. Early in the week, kind of like out of the blue, just out of nowhere, it's announced that the European Super League is becoming a thing. Has officially been agreed upon by. 12 teams. I think it was the 12 teams that came out. You had your main United. Yeah, I've got them right here if you want them. Yeah, just list them all. So it was Liverpool, uh, Man United, um, Arsenal, I believe is how yeah. you uh, pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, Man City. Um, Tottenham. Yep. Uh, Real Madrid, <laughs> Barcelona, yeah, Atletico, uh, Juventus, uh, Inter, and AC Milan. All right. So you got the six biggest brands of the English Premier League joining with three of the biggest three the three biggest brands of the Spanish League and then three of the um, biggest Italian teams all coming together to create this uh, hybrid uh, Champions League-esque league that they're making right and this was met with the biggest outrage uh, from a collective of all footballing fans, I don't think I heard anyone say that this was a good idea. Keegan, what was your initial reaction when you heard this story pop up on your feed? So I, there's always been this like this idea has been brewing for the past couple of years, but nobody really expected that announcement. Um, I remember exactly where I was when I heard the announcement. Like I, I think it's one of those moments where like you remember exactly where you were when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I was talking to like a couple of my teammates about it and it's such like an American ideal to not have, uh, to not have promotion relegation, which is what you have um, in Europe, um, which is why you see teams in the major sports in America tank because like they actually have incentives to do bad and you just don't have that freedom in Europe. I mean, you have to do really well each year to stay in the top leagues, which makes the sport competitive. Um, and without that, I think that's why a lot of primarily the fans were upset about it because, you know, it, it was made by billionaire owners that have come in the sport and just taken over. I mean, there were, there have been a bunch of, I think, 
John Henry is the owner of Liverpool. He's American. Um, the Glazers, who own Manchester United, they're American. Um, there's a couple other ones. There's um, a Russian oligarch who owns Chelsea, and, and it's just it's not necessarily that how much money they're bringing into the sport is bad. It's what they're doing with it. And it's just making it not competitive. Um, and it's just an American style competition where the rich can play and get richer while others don't. Right. Yeah. I think that was the biggest sentiment uh, coming from, and you highlighted it perfectly. Like this super league um, is for football, what the NBA is. And what the NFL is, there's no risk that the Jaguars, because they got the number one pick this year, aren't a professional football team anymore. Or, right. you, or you see the Kings, they're not going down to the G League because they're playing like absolute dummies, even though they just beat the Minnesota Timberwolves barely. They should be relegated, but luckily they can't. <laughs> so it takes that. It's it's just a change from the spirit of the game and what. Um, really European and world football is all about is about that relentless competition, even in your worst years. Um, But just take for a second. I think it's interesting if we could highlight some of the positives from this, would you not be totally curious of how this would have worked when you could see Real Madrid v Man United twice a year? Oh yeah. And you can see Man United v Barca. And these, like, for sure, these are the best matchups, excluding PSG, Bayern Munich, Dortmund, that world football has to offer. I I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, Tottenham and Arsenal are barely in the top ten of their league. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of other, I can't think of, like, not doing very well this year. I mean, it's not like a guarantee that these teams are going to be good every year, so it's not... The beauty of the Champions League is it rewards teams for having a good year. If you think back to 2015, 2016, when Leicester City won the Premier League, I mean, nobody expected them to win, but yet they got a Champions League spot the next year. So the idea that having Champions League rewards teams that do well the previous year is important because with the Super League, you don't have to be good to be in it. It's just if you have money, you can be in it. Um, Yeah, and these teams, that's one of the biggest things is we can sit here and say that uh, it's awesome for the fans that uh, you have your Man Uniteds playing uh, Burnley and West Brom and these smaller teams that really aren't bringing in as nearly as much fandom as the bigger six teams are, the bigger brands are. And this move was a way to eradicate the fact that the bigger teams in just strictly the Premier League or you look at uh, the Spanish League, are driving most of the revenue for those leagues. It was a way for those teams to uh, consolidate the earnings that they would be making and just split it amongst themselves. It's, it's almost like taking out less of the sections of the pie, really, that these yeah. teams are going to have to divvy up. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have seen a bunch of teams have pulled out. You, you mentioned all the Premier Leagues pulled out. Uh, right. But... Real Madrid and Barcelona are probably the two, like, two of the teams that have, like, have their, like, all their eggs in the basket and and have, like, have repeatedly said that they're going to stay. And I think a big part of that is both of those clubs, even before the pandemic started, are in, like, serious debt. So I don't know how much of a factor that drove, but um, 
you always see uh, Real Madrid's president, uh, Fiorentino Perez. He's always in the news about making comment. I mean, he's a smart businessman, but I, I really think it's going to be bad for the sport if this goes through. But would it, bad, would it be bad for these teams financially to make this No, change? no, and, that, and that's why they're doing it. I mean, I think, if I remember correctly, I think they have to make a payment over the next, I don't know how many years, of $3.5 billion to get into this league. Um, but at the same time, they're going to be generating so much revenue that it's going to equal out and they're going to be profiting eventually. But the fact that they have to pay $3.5 billion just to get in, um, it really limits how many teams can get in, um, which is why you see the, the billionaire owners, billionaire-owned clubs in it. But then again, like I go back to Arsenal and they had to furlough 55 workers and they got rid of their mattress and it was like a big deal um, at the same time that they're like orchestrating this $3.5 billion deal that they have to pay someone um, that, you know, it's for a non-competitive league really. So, yeah. And to, to touch on that, um, it was Man City. I think from all that I've read was the first to pull out of this deal after the just huge amount of criticism that all these teams received from even their most uh, loyal of fans, Man City left. And then immediately after, I think it was like within the next two hours, every single English Premier League team left, yeah. which leaves only six remaining teams still in agreement to this Super League. So from where it looked on Monday that this was a guarantee. You have all these teams coming out with a joint statement saying in United Arms that this is happening. They're leaving the the UEFA Champions League and they're starting their own thing to two days later just going all the way back on that and saying, "Uh, we're coming back. Don't worry. That was just a joke. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's unique that we have you on, Keegan, because you are a fan, a big fan of one of the teams that decided Mm -hmm. to join this agreement. Yeah, Manchester United. Early in the early in the week, what were your feelings towards Man United and their decision to join this league? Because you've said it, I think, a couple times now that this is awful for football and the health of the game. Yeah, showing a little I mean, bit your your thoughts towards this deal. I was disappointed. I, I was because I mean, Manchester United last year in the Premier League they finished second. They did. They had a really good year, and I think they're better this year than they were last year. But this year in the Champions League, they couldn't even make it out of their group, and they're in Europa League. So for those that don't know, it's like the second best competition in Europe um, outside of their domestic league. Um, which, I mean, it's good. They won it a couple of years ago, but it's not like we want to be, to be regarded as like the top team in Europe. Um, and as a result, um, I f- I'm forgetting his actual position in the club or former position, I should say, but Ed Woodward, I think he was like the executive sporting director or something like that. He actually stepped down um, in response to this. And he said he, he couldn't be a part of a club where this is like taking precedent, precedent over you know, what the sport is really about. And he, he stepped down. I really respect that. Um, and I honestly wasn't really a fan of him because I, I don't agree with a lot of his decisions in terms of like what they do with transfers. Um, 
But I mean, for him to step down because he didn't agree with, I think he really earned my respect. Um, and then the fact that they pulled out eventually, um, I, th- I think was good. Is it in your eyes, um, totally made up total forgiveness that now they're no longer in it? Or is there still that lingering little bit of, uh, you can't truly trust them anymore. They've really shown their true intentions. Yeah, no, they definitely, it, it's definitely still hurts. It, it's, uh, this is not something that's just going to go away very quickly because I mean, there are billionaires throughout Europe that are running clubs and making this decision. Um, that was another point that I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you guys have heard or seen about this, but it's come up in the news recently um, in response to the news about the European Super League, but it's called the 50 plus one rule, and it's only in the German Bundesliga. Have you guys heard about this at all? Uh-uh. Um, I'll just give you a, a, like a really, really quick synopsis, but basically um, clubs in to play in the German Bundesliga, which is the top league in Germany, which is where Bayern Munich played, who won the Champions League last year. Um, private investors cannot take over clubs and like have the majority of the ownership. The fans have to have like um, a majority of the ownership so that they have a say in everything that the club does in the future. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that in like pretty much any other league. Um, and I mean, the Bundesliga clubs have had this since I th- for a while, um, which is part of the reason why you didn't see Bayern Munich or Dortmund, um, like even invited to this European Super League. I think um, it was uh, 1998 is when they first yeah. started it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because I, I, it's going to take a while for me to actually forgive these owners because I mean. A lot of owners came out with videos and like apologized to the fans and all this stuff, but it's like you're not apologizing because you really felt like that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. You're apologizing because of the backlash that you're getting from all your fans and your supporters. So So do you look at the clubs that pulled out? I almost look at them worse now than if they had stuck to the Super League plan because at least then they're staying true to what they believe in. Now it's just like, well – like, I still think you guys are greedy. And I guess it's cool that you guys are back. But I don't get this league that kind of would have been cool to see. Um, so I, I don't trust you now. And you're back. So what am I supposed to do with this information? Like, I can't truly believe... Tr- I don't truly know what you are intending type of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's talk, uh, at least in the Premier League, that they were going to punish teams and deduct points from them um really yeah i mean i I, did you guys see the threat that uefa and fifa made to clubs and players playing in the super league that they wouldn't be allowed to compete in the world cup and the euros yeah yeah and i I think i don't know if that played a role in a lot of clubs pulling out but i mean I mean, I think, Sam, you said it earlier, not not a single player, not a single coach, not a single fan that I've heard is in support of this. So oh, I didn't I, hear I didn't hear anyone in support of it. it yeah, when I saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just I don't I think it was doomed from the start. But again, it's it's the owners. It's the, it's the people with money running it. So now that we've covered pretty much the present position of the Super League, they now only have six teams in that probably won't last for very long these this 
league will probably die. They can't play with just six teams. Do you think this still has a chance to come to fruition in the future? I think there will be. Well, okay. This can go a couple ways because there actually was a big change to the current Champions League format. Um, that's going to take place in 2024, I believe. I think they're they're expanding it. Basically, they're adding a couple teams, um, and they're changing the way it, it is. Um, but I, I think in the future it it will change. I don't think it'll be as dramatic as this and as exclusive as it is with only 12 teams that basically have to buy their way to, buy their way in. I think it's going to be based on merit um, of how you how of how well you do in your league as it currently is. Um, but I do think, I do think it'll change eventually because I don't want to say like right now it's not working, but a lot of people have been outspoken where they want to see change, but I, I don't really know what that change is going to look like to be completely honest, but I, I do see some sort of change from what we're going to get um, in a couple of years. Nice. Jason. Um. I don't know. It's tough because everything and everything that you guys have said and everything that I've been reading, like you guys have said, nobody seems to be in support of this. Now, I know that there that there comes a point where, you know, maybe money is going to beat beat everything in the end. But I don't know. It's I mean. Put yourself in that situation. So if you're if you're an owner of one of the leagues, what what it, it's tough because I think us sitting here not being owners, it's a pretty clear choice. But mm-hmm. if you're an owner, it really comes down to what you value more. Do you value your fans more, or do you value the profit that you might make from this league? And it's it's one of those things where I think us, we're sitting here, we're going, well, you should value the fans. Well, we are fans. And at the end of the day, professional sports is and always will be not just soccer. It's a business. And it's uh, everybody's in the the clubs and the teams are and the owners are in the business of making money. And if this is a profitable move, even though they don't have the support, they still may end up doing it. But – so while maybe in the short term they get a lot of money from it, I think they have to realize that if nobody is in support of this, then maybe in the long run they're not going to generate the type of revenue that they think they're going to get because they're just not going to have people watching it or people are not going to be watching it because they're angry or it's yeah. it's in spite of everything that they're doing. So So maybe in the short term they get the revenue that they're looking for, but – I don't think in the long run it's going to be a, a good move because I, I mean, I haven't seen one person like you guys said a bunch of times who was in support of this. So I'm sure that people are just going to go, all right, well, I'm just not going to watch you guys because yeah. I, I can't really, I don't, I don't believe in what you're doing. So you lost my support and there might be a bigger group of people than they realize that are willing to just go no, no, thanks. I'm good. And maybe they have an idea of how many people they're what like how much revenue they would lose in the long run, and maybe it's it's not not that big of a deal. But if there is such a big outcry for this, 
then I, I don't see I don't see a reason to go through with it because it just seems like it's it's such a terrible idea from from a pleasing your fans perspective. This is this is like in um, if the NF, if NFL teams one day were to just come out and say, oh, Tampa Bay, New England, uh, the Rams, the Giants, Dallas, um, San Francisco, Seattle, they've all come together. And they're going to only play each other in this new league. Let's call it the uh, BNFL, Best National Football League, right? And it's like, well, what is that? What what gives you any jurisdiction to name it that? And what gives these teams the ability to have more prominence than your lower market teams in the NFL? Like, it's just, it takes... It really clearly um, distinguishes a business move from the sport that you love, right? And Jason, you highlighted it perfectly. Like these owners, of course, are worried about the bottom line for sure. I think wholeheartedly this this move would have made a lot of money. There's no way no, that you put like, yeah. that that many. That it's literally all of the best. It's it's probably if you were to take the top twenty most valuable franchises, the twelve that were in this, probably six of them, eight of them probably are in that top twenty of the most valuable sports brands in the world. I'll try to find that. So I think there's no way that it wouldn't work. It's just it totally it it makes the sport unrelatable. To a fan at that point there's no yeah. more love there's no more tradition it's just it totally takes it away it's just like oh well they're pretty much like accountants or they're um they're like salesmen at this point like they're no longer soccer they're not no they're no longer doing this sport because they love it it's more of a job at that point that's what this move sort of signifies to me in a sense yeah Trying to find um, Keegan, well, I... if you were playing for your beloved Manchester United, would you leave and uh, refuse to play in the Super League? Uh, I think so. I especially if it has implications on playing. For my country at the Euros, or well, you don't want to play for Team on. USA anyway, so you don't <laughs> play for that that bad team. I, I'm just trying to put myself if I, if I was like Bruno Fernandez with Pogba, right? And it it threatens my you know ability to to play with them at other competitions. I I think I would consider sitting out. So I, here's I really the question, would. though, because say just hypothetically, all 12 teams were still in this, and the league went forward. Those 12 teams, theoretically, are the only 12 teams that can pay the wages of a Pogba, of what Bruno Fernandez is going to um, garner when he's up, or your Kevin De Bruyne's, or your um, uh, uh, Benzema's, Sergio Ramos's, uh, Harry Kane's. Like, all these guys are, getting, are deserve to be paid the top dollar for their positions, and realistically, outside of 
Bayern and PSG, I mean, PSG definitely can pay those, but yeah, you're really going to be hard-pressed. Like, an Everton is not going to pay those wages. Uh, Southampton isn't. Like, some of, these, they, some of these smaller clubs just can't. Yeah. So it really forces the best talent to stay with yeah. these hey. clubs that have kind of wronged them. Definitely. And when you're getting paid top dollar, like 50 mil, then you're going to have to stay. Yeah, I mean, they monopolize all the best players and they just keep them there. Because, I mean, if if it were to go, th- players are going to want to play there. If I mean, obviously, if they didn't have implications for, for national team and all that other stuff. But, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a good thing. It's, you know, collapsing. And I, I, I think there's only four teams that are left that have have not officially I think Atletico Madrid and Inter Milan have both um, formally said that they want to pull out Um, but I think Real Madrid for sure, Barcelona for sure I think Juventus are still um, in the middle and AC Milan are still in the middle. I think everybody else has pulled out Essentially, it's going to be tough to run a league with only four teams. Yeah, seriously. Everyone All made right. it to the semifinals this year. Yeah. Um. So I have. I know we've been talking a lot about the financial aspects of this. I have two different lists. I have. Um. I have a Forbes list from 2020, which are the world's most valuable sports teams. All right. And then I have. Another Forbes list from where is it? It's 2021, just literally a couple weeks ago. Uh, all right, Keegan, how many do you think are on there? This we'll is take, all sports uh, have, in, in the world. So one list is all sports teams, and this is from 2020. Then the other list is the most valuable soccer teams, the top 10. Oh. So I have two, two different lists. From the, from the all sports league. All I would Sports s- League 2020. Say uh, top 30. How many of the 12 do you think are in there? Top 30? I mean, definitely at least Barcelona, Real Madrid, I would say. Man United, mm-hmm. Liverpool, City, Chelsea probably. So I would say at least six. At least All six right. of the 12 would be on that list. I'm going to go seven. All right. Here we go. We'll go down the list. The first soccer team to appear is Real Madrid at six. They're valued at $4.24 billion. Uh, the next one to appear on the list is eight. It's Barcelona. They're also valued at $4.02 billion. Number 10 is Manchester United, $3.8 billion. So you got three in the top 10. Okay. So we're moving our way down. Sam, just for you, the Niners are at 12. Really? Yeah. Also, surprise, the Washington football team is at 14. I would not have guessed that. Never would have guessed that. Aren't they? They're like top. mm, Well, they got to be top 10 in the NFL. But, uh, like, uh, who's it? What's his? Is his name Dan Snyder? Dan Snyder, yeah. He has made so much money on his ownership stake. He's actually trying to get more ownership stake in that team. All right. Um, let's see. The um, 
Oh, uh, okay. So the next soccer team that looks like they crack the top thirty is uh, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I. I dude, I'm bad with soccer. <laughs> it's okay. It's that. it's German. It doesn't really make sense anyway. Yeah. yeah. Three point oh two. So twenty. They're at twenty four. Oof, the, it's not looking good. <laughs> the Raiders no. are 26, and then the 30th team is the Miami Dolphins. So there, you only have, what, what, four? Yeah. So so I'll just scroll down a little bit farther. Manchester City, they're 34. Um, but those Chelsea's, teams are like, what, off by millions? Um, okay, so let's see. So uh, Manchester City is 2.69 billion. They're at 34. The Miami Dolphins are... Two point seven six billion, yeah. um, but Man City's at thirty four. Uh, Chelsea is at thirty seven, um, and I'll only go down to fifty. Um, wow, no Liverpool. Arsenal. So far. Wow, Arsenal is forty seven, and uh, yeah, that's it. So Liverpool is not in the top fifty. Doesn't look like it. Well, it surprises me. I literally just control F and typed in liver to see if it pop up. And they are most certainly not on that list. No, no PSG. Nope. Wow. So world was... sport my ass. <laughs> so going into so going into the world's most valuable um, soccer teams. That's a little bit different. Because you have quite a few, um, I believe, from the Super League. Now, if I'm if I have the Super League, well, actually, you guys know the teams. Um, one is Real Madrid. Uh, two Ding. is Manchester. Three is uh, Barcelona. So, Man United leapfrogged Barcelona in just one year. Uh, looks like yeah. In valuation, okay, it makes sense. Um, four, Sam is PSG. Um, five is Arsenal. Six is Liverpool. Seven is Chelsea. Eight is Juventus. Uh, nine is Tottenham. And then, um, ten. Tottenham? Tottenham, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> if, if, if I did, if I wanted to do the, the way that you would say it in English, it would be pronounced Tottenham Ham. So, Dude, you you moved. You tried to move past it so slick too, like to try to bring no attention to what you were saying. Whatsoever. Well, honestly, I thought that was the correct pronunciation. So I. I so um, how did PSG end up what fourth on this list, but wasn't even the in the top fifty last year? I don't know. Something's fishy, man. People Talk are to, messing with their books. Talk to Forbes. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that just gives credence to what we were saying that this league definitely had. The wait biggest, a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Names. Wait a minute! Hold on! Hold everything! Uh oh! Hold everything! So user error on Jason? No, not not user error. Not well, maybe. But um, actually, the list that we were reading that we just read. That was soccer's top shirt sponsorship deals. Oh my! They goodness. faked me out. <laughs> they have. Here we go. They, they, they have a list. So the, literally, the title of the article is talking about the world's most valuable sports teams. The first list in big bold letters is not the actual list. You have to scroll like halfway down the page 
to get to the actual list. So the actual list, I just kept you guys waiting. One is Barcelona. Two is Real Madrid. Three is what that German name <laughs> went over already. Bayern Munich. Yeah, four is Manchester United. Five is Liverpool. Uh, six is Manchester City. Seven is Chelsea. Eight is Arsenal. Nine is PSG. And ten is um, that other one. Which one? Wait, try it. No. <laughs> what the, one that I just, the one that I just botched. Tottenham? Oh, yeah. So the, the Super League would have had eight of the ten uh, highest valued. And oh, then, no. hang on, Juventus was in it too, right? Because they're 11. Yeah. Um, I'm t- uh, you guys can talk about that. I'll see if I can find the other ones, how far down they were on this list. AC Milan is 16. Okay. Um, Atletico yeah. Madrid? Is that high up there? I'd be surprised if I'd be. It was probably top twenty, I would think. See, um, no, no, no. (laughs) I think what we learned from this list more than anything is my pronunciation on world soccer teams is pretty atrocious. But that's and names too. Well, that's just names in general. No, like last names. Like when you try to talk about like a tennis player or something. You just suck. Players. I'm terrible with tennis players. It's just horrible. But yeah, so there you go. There's the list. I think so, well, um, you said that. Yeah, and then I think what that highlights is this league would have been too big to fail if it actually went through. They got that money. They got that money. Money, 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 but see, And in the short term, yes, but how much? What do you think, like I mentioned, in the long run, do you think there would have been more people that would have supported it because of the star power and the money and the firepower that was in this league? Or do you think there would, in the long term, be a drop-off because of how many people there would be that would probably go, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to support this league because I just don't agree with it? Keegan, would you watch these games? Short-term, no. I think long-term, if what we were talking about it with – if it's you know a relative success and it's able to bring in the absolute best players because they want to play because it's you know it'll become the best competition mm-hmm. um i think in the long term maybe um but i'm i'm still against it right now like if they if they could prove to fans that this is the best product that's out there to watch soccer then it leaves fans no choice they have to go and watch these games it just leaves yeah. them no choice. Like if you can see, uh, is it, if this is the only place you can see Man City with an informed Kevin De Bruyne pinging balls all over the field against a Real Madrid at the height of their power, then it just it, it leaves fans no option. If you are well, a fan the of thing. this team, then you're going to be a fan of them at their highest. That's the thing, though. We don't. It's not a guarantee that they're going to be at their best. I mean, you, you talked about Real Madrid. The past couple of years, they've been knocked out by by Ajax. Um, last year, they were knocked out by. Oh, who were they knocked out by? Not Atlanta, right? Atlantia. Atalanta. Was it Atalanta last year? I don't know, but I mean, even Juventus were knocked out by Porto this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's not like a guarantee that like these teams are going to be good. You know so what I, I think. Um, I think the officiating for this league, just like how the NBA has become softer 
with um, or they've become more strict on defense than they have offense, just like the NFL has. They really tried to make it an offensive centric league. I think if soccer were to do that, it might change the game and make it a little more marketable for people when you see score lines that are ending six five and such. But then, Keegan, as somebody who's played the game your entire life, what would that? Are we even talking about the same game at that point? Then, no, it's hard because I mean I think. I think you have those score lines consistently. It kind of devalues, you know, scoring a goal and winning in, in competition and like keeping a clean sheet. Um, I mean, in Champions League, I mean, you still see like pretty significant like final scores. Um, I'm trying to think of an, an example, um, like recently at least. Um, but I mean, it's not like I mean here the the first leg of the PSG Bayern game a couple of weeks ago. It was it was two to three. Three to two, um, in a snowstorm. in Bayern Munich in a snowstorm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, as a neutral, you know, I don't really support either of those teams. But I mean, as a neutral, watching that game was really, really exciting. Um, so I mean, I don't think a lot has to change in that regard. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go down that road. But I mean, on the flip side of that, the introduction of VAR in the past couple of years has diminished and been taking away a lot of goals. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's a topic for another day. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I could, that's a whole nother tangent. Except when it comes to Man United penalties, right? True. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Jason, I think that's it, man. Oh, fantastic. I, that was a great conversation. We got a lot out of that. I'm glad that we went into as much detail on that as we did. Well, that was huge. Like, this is something like if the NFL were to just come out and they're splitting the NFL in half. Like, that's how yeah. big this news was. Yeah. I mean, I again, as somebody who doesn't pay exclusive attention to this, the way that I would relate it, you know, in my head would just be thinking about if – now the Raiders would never be asked to go in the league like that. But if they were, <laughs> I, if if they were, it's one of those things where like, well, I, mean, I get the outrage, but that's still my team. So I, I'm still, I would still watch the Raiders if they got separated into another league because they're still my team. The Oakland Raiders would never, but the Vegas Raiders, ooh, uh, that's a big attractive market. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. So, well, I'm glad we got as much out of that as we did because there was, you know, Sam and I filmed an episode last week that wasn't, that didn't have anything to do with sports because it was just, there was, it was a dry week, but this came just crashing down and just kept rolling over the past few days. And when we initially talked to Keegan, it was in sort of the early stages of this. And then just a few days ago, again, everything just sort of seemed like it just collapsed before our very high. So it was nice that we were able to talk about the kind of the whole circle. And I guess we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, yeah, this is far from over. Right. What's the (laughs) verdict you think right now? Like where, where do you, if Keegan, I am, you are the Oracle, you're (laughs) predicting what is going to happen. What, what do you think is going to become the end product of this? Well, the original plan was for this league to start in this year and later this 2021, and I just don't see that happening anymore. Um, I mean, honestly, by the time this podcast comes out, um, a lot could change, so I don't know. 
Um, but I, in terms of the original plan of this starting in 2021, I don't see that happening this year. Um, you know, but you know, who knows? Maybe next year, if it gets delayed, they'll probably have to restructure a lot of things in terms of how it affects their domestic leagues. But I, I, I don't see that this happening this year, at least. Sam, um, I think within the next seven years, this plan comes to fruition. If the Premier League and the Champions League and all these other leagues don't have radical changes, then I think these teams just end up leaving. Seven years. All right, well, we will make sure to film an episode on the exact date, seven years from now. 4 there we, go. there we go. I was looking at my calendar and I was like, what date is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it the 22nd? Does my calendar go that far? 23rd? I don't know. Um, so I was actually trying to figure out if that was... I was trying to get if it was a Thursday or a Friday or... Uh, but, well, I mean, it certainly will be interesting. Can we... I mean, is there anything that we can think of in recent memory? Like, let's pull this back a little bit away from the world of soccer. Is there anything that in any of the other majors, fortunately, that you guys can think of that was at least as significant of a change, potentially? Because I, I cannot think of anything that has been, or at least that would have been as drastic as, as this potentially could be. Um, what's happening right now with the NCAA and um, uh, likeness image uh, rights yeah. potentially leading to... Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, players getting paid that's gonna have like monumental changes to how the ncaa works right that that's a good one that's a good one um, but it's probably the best comparison at least initially just a quick thought about it that was, that was a good poll um, that's like the only thing i could think of because like there's obviously been expansion teams um teams moving like the whole sacramento kings drama yeah. like that was maybe on this level maybe a little above this level but that's like, true in pure significance but um nothing of this magnitude look bottom line the nba wouldn't survive without the sacramento kings so i don't no, know they're why... the biggest biggest market in the in the league yeah i mean have you been for those of you who haven't been to the stadium it's everything that you could want in a stadium and then just multiplied by the biggest number you can think of it's the best stadium out there i still gotta go check it out to be honest i haven't been oh good god <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's so beautiful that it's. I'm calling it a stadium, even though it's an arena. So. You know what I do, everyone out there? I know you have one of these. Ask one of your friends that's a Warrior fan or a Laker fan, because odds are they've seen their teams play in Sacramento because it's cheaper. And they'll tell you that the stadium is, that the arena is nice. Just, just go out and ask them. I actually will. That's actually a good play. They actually might. That's that's actually funny. Because you know they haven't seen a game in Staples Center or the new uh, the new Warriors place. There's no way. Yeah, not not in the uh, new yeah. one. Maybe in Oracle, but I mean, but not the Oracle's new one for dump. <laughs> it kind of is, honestly. Have you guys ever seen a game there or been there? No, never. I was there once for a concert. It's. it's yeah. But it, just nothing, nothing will compare to the O.Co. Stadium. That was, I mean, right next to it for the Raiders. Good God. 
That was just that was just atrocious. The trough that were in the bathroom for pissing. And it, was, it was it was terrible. Why? Why were they so okay with having a baseball diamond in the middle of the field? No, I'll tell you what, it served as an advantage a lot of the times because kickers just did not know how to kick off the dirt. More often than not, you would just see kickers slip or miss, and it was it was that was funny to watch. That was an advantage that the baseball diamond played. But other than that, it it served no purpose. Before we get into grill the guest and name five, I'm going to attempt to switch my headphones to my AirPods because my phone is at 8%. All right. And I really hope it doesn't end this, okay? I really hope it doesn't either. If it does, then we'll just start a new call and I'll super cut them together. Yeah, okay. So that's that's the play. Okay. All right. Everyone, well, so just hold your breath, okay? Keegan, you and I can talk a little bit about something else. We'll just transition a little bit into the, the draft a little bit because I know you mentioned that you're a Bengals fan. Mm-hmm. And, and this was off air, but... So I have a mock draft sitting in front of me. So I'll just read you the mock pick for the draft. And I want to get your opinion on it. This reporter for CBS um, NFL suggests that the Bengals are going to pick Penny Sewell from Oregon. Yep. I like that Would a that, lot. I was going to say, for somebody who just had their quarterback go down last year, I'm sure that is music to your ears. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think – I'm pretty sure uh, Sewell sat out this past season because of COVID, um, which is yes. fine. I- I'm not worried about that. I mean, the dude's an animal. Um, but, yeah, we definitely need O-line help. I mean, I know there was a lot of talk about drafting uh, Jamar Chase if he was available and having a reunion with Joe Burrow. But you know, I think the Bengals are pretty loaded at the wide receiver position. They're pretty underrated. Um, yeah. Even though they lost, they just lost A.J. Green, who's – forever Bengals legend. Um, but, I mean, they're pretty loaded at wide receiver, so I don't think they really need one. They have plenty of weapons. Um, they just re-signed Joe Mixon. Um, and uh, there's Saman J.P. Ryan, another running back. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty good with weapons. I think they really need to just focus on the offensive line, and I think Sewell is the easy, simple, correct answer. And as long as they do that, I'll be fine. If they don't and they go with the skill position or anything else, I'm going to lose my head. But yeah. – you know, you never know what happens on draft night. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where, as an owner, what do you value more? Do you value getting your brand new quarterback weapons, or do you value protecting him? And I know if I was in that position, I wouldn't even hesitate to pick Penny Sewell. I, I'm sorry, the only person that I would even consider drafting, and I don't think he'll be there unless Atlanta does something drastic at four. But the only other person that I would even consider drafting would be Kyle Pitts and I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to be there it's I would imagine he's going to get taken by Atlanta yeah Um, if he was there then I'm sure there'd be a little bit of a debate because that guy from everybody who I've heard is like projected to be a hall of famer like Travis Kelsey 2.0 kind of he's listed as he's listed as a tight end but everybody's saying to call him a tight end is really underselling what he is He's 6'6", 240, and he runs like a wide receiver. So He is an athlete. He is, it's, he'll be fun to watch in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about how many weapons that Atlanta already has with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Can you imagine they have Kyle Pitts, and now they have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, 
Kyle Pitts. Loaded. That would be ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't even hesitate if I was the owner to take the offensive lineman. I, I honestly, if if you have, I don't know. Uh, it all for me. If the Raiders were in the same position and they need, and there was an offensive lineman who as highly is as highly touted as Penny Sewell, I think you. I think any team would be a fool not to take him. If you legitimately have holes on your offensive line, then. There's no reason in the world, even 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 if Kyle Pitts is available, I still think I would lean towards drafting an offensive lineman because I just feel like building your team from the inside out like that is, is always the best option. So, Yeah, definitely. Sam, are you back? Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We may have lost. We may have lost. Sam. It says he's still connected. Oh, there he goes. Oh no. Well, well, I mean, I'll give him. I'll give him a few more minutes to to see if to see if he can he can make his return. And if not, then you know, for you guys listening, I'll just superimpose the next part, and it won't sound like anything changed. Um, but I mean, our. Are you? Do you pay much attention to the draft, Keegan? I do. Um, I, I watch Get Up on ESPN pretty much every morning, and, and that's all they've been talking about for the past, you know, couple months. So I do. I have been. Right. Yeah. Um, the host for Get Up, Greeny, he is by far my favorite ESPN voice. He has been for a long time. On he was like Mike and Mike. I don't know if you ever listened to Mike and Mike. Yeah, um, definitely. But I, I, I love Greeny. He's actually hosting the first two rounds of the draft. So, nice. um, all right. So we're going to, I'm going to end this call. And for your, everybody listening, it's just going to sound like a brief pause. We're going to get Sam back. We're going to do two more segments with Keegan and then we'll wrap up this show. So give us two seconds. Are we back? Can you, can you hear me? Yes. We're back. All right. <laughs> Yay! All right, so hopefully for the audience, that just sounds like a quick two-second pause. But we're back. So, Sam, we got two more segments to do. we got about 20 minutes to do it. Let's knock them out. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, commercial break that we had going for you guys. So, we have, for the first time in a while, we're bringing back two segments. And one segment that I'm sure is a favorite for one Keegan Ness because he did it the first time he was here. Mm -hmm. We have a Grill the Guest segment for young Keegan. And then we have uh, one of our newer ones, Keegan, that I don't know if you're familiar with. It's uh, a name five. I play a a clip of something for maybe five to eight seconds. Then you have to oh, guess yeah. what that is. Yes, I think I did. I, I think I played this. I don't know if it was last time or the time before, but yeah, yeah. I okay, well, perfect. You're an experienced person in both segments. Awesome. So yeah. first with the grill to guest. Grill the guest. Jason, your input is uh, very limited for this because they're very Keegan-centric that is fine. Uh, questions. If you want to uh, just come in and ask Keegan something, I mean, he's your friend. You can ask him anything. It's whatever. If Keegan needs help, needs to phone a friend, Jason's here. Yada, yada, yada. Okay? You guys ready Big to start? Biggest fan, Keegan, I promise. All right, let's get it. All right, we're starting with a real easy one. You can start one, bench one, and cut one. You have Beckham, Rooney, and Roy Keane. Which one are you starting, benching, or cutting? 
And this is all in their primes? Yeah, all of their peaks. Oh, man, this one's hard. I mean, it's hard because they also, like, play different positions, but if I'm... I know, I'm... Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, man. I think people are going to hate me for this. I would start Rooney. In his prime, Rooney was unstoppable in the Premier League. So I would start Rooney. I think I would bench Roy Keane. I, I know... Okay, a lot Do of Do you know what that are... means? What? That you'd be cutting I know. one David Beckham, who is practically the Jesus of English football. I know. A lot of people, a lot of people listening aren't going to agree with me because they don't even know who Roy Keane is. But he is... Long-time Man United captain. Yeah, the captain, the biggest leader of Manchester United. You know, you listen to him. When he talks, you listen. He's just the heart and soul of what Manchester United is. Um, and I really don't think you can have a team without him, even if he's on the bench. So I would bench him, and I would cut Bex, unfortunately. Um, so... Why, you don't even sound like a true Man United fan. Okay, we got that out of the way. <laughs> so we got the gears rolling a little bit. That was just a nice little soft one, okay? Oh, boy. Um, I guess I could ease you in with another one. Uh, name the stadium that you would most like to play in. Ooh. I think you've asked me a similar question because – actually, I don't think you – I think you asked me what club I would play for, and the stadium was part of my answer. But yeah, I, I would so. play – um, I'm going to butcher the name of it, but it's Borussia Dortmund's stadium. Okay. Um, hold on, let me, let me find the... Yeah. Let's well, don't it. worry. The theme of this episode is butchering names, so... <laughs> Signal Iduna Park. Um, yeah. Obviously, COVID permitting, uh, or pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, hopefully. Uh, full a, a full sellout. stadium. Yeah. Their fans are unbelievable. If... If I'm not rooting for Manchester United and like any competition, I'm rooting for Bruce Dortmund. I literally I'm looking at my Bruce Dortmund jersey hanging on my wall right in front of me. Um, they're they're just so fun to watch. They're they're from Germany. Um, you know that they, they rely. I wouldn't say they rely heavily, but they give a lot of opportunities to young players, which I love. Um, they're really exciting to watch. Um, but their their stadium is with a full crowd, unbelievable. Yeah, good answer. Totally, totally get that. Um, Jason, real quick, any football stadium, basketball arena that you would want to play in? Um, you can't I, say the Death Star. <laughs> no, and um, I probably, I probably have to say, I know it's a. I would love to play in the New Orleans Superdome with a full crowd. Okay. I, I don't. I don't think there would be a cool. The only other atmosphere that I can think, of, and I've long said that the the stadium that I would want to watch a game in was New Orleans, and then next on that list would probably be Green Bay. So, but I don't think I want to play. Cool. In, I don't think I'd want to play in negative twenty degree weather. So I'll say the dome. I would have to experience what it's like to be on the field in Seattle to yeah, experience the twelfth man. That's true. Just to be able so to what, grasp what that means. Because I've seen way too many times the Niners bottle fucking plays at the line because of how loud Seattle is. Yeah. All right. So, Keegan, the biggest rival to Penn State is who? Mm. And this isn't one of the questions. This is kind of like a preliminary question. Uh, 
I mean, kind of depends on the sport, but I think overall it would – I mean, are we staying in the conference? Yeah. In the conference, Ohio State, out of conference, it would be Pitt. All right, perfect, perfect, because I assumed it was Ohio State. Okay. Can you say three nice things about the Ohio State University? <laughs> okay, this I'm I'm conflicted, and people listening, if you if you're a Penn State fan, you're not gonna like me for this because I actually grew up a, a Ohio State football fan because my dad's from Ohio, which is part of the reason why I'm a Bengals fan too. Um, so uh, the first one's easy; they have a really really good football team. Objectively speaking, they have a really really good football team. Yeah, usually. Um, Second, just about the school. Yeah, whatever you want to. I don't want to force you into anything, pigeonhole you into anything. So they have a cool soccer stadium. I'll give them credit for that. I remember playing there last year. Um, it's I think it's called like Jesse Owens Memorial Stadium. It's, it's got a track around it. Really, really nice facilities. Nice field. Um, I'll give them that. Um, third, man. I mean, that's about it. No offense. <laughs> I, they, I, I, I always liked their their colors and their gear. Their Nike school, which I, I really like their their clothing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give them credit for that. They they have nice athletic athletic wear. Yeah, they're no Nittany Lions though. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Blue and white, undefeated. Very clean uniforms, I will say, for the Penn yeah. State. Just simple. Absolutely. That's what my dad loves. All right. So, um, all right. I'll, 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 the second to last one here. Would you rather play in a game in front of a sold-out crowd at home or play in 10 games but in an empty stadium? And Any if occasion? you choose, if you choose to play the one game, that's the only game you play in for the season. Can I make that and one you game choose... like a final or like a like a big game more than like the ten other ones? No, it's just a regular season game. Uh... And then the, t- the ten is just ten games during the regular season, and if you choose that, you don't play in any other games. I think I think probably the ten. I mean, as much as I love playing in front of fans, like, I mean, I, I've been playing in without fans for the better part of. Okay, no offense, and this is going to sound bad, but like at Penn State, we don't get very many fans at typical games. Um, so like, I'm kind of used to not getting a lot of fans. But this year, we, we've actually been good, even though we're they're not allowed in the stadium. They kind of like come and watch from the street, which is kind of cool. Oh, nice. It gives it a cool atmosphere. Um, but like honestly, the empty, empty, um, empty stadium doesn't really bother me too much. I'm kind of used but to this watching is a, TV. This too. is a sold out. Like every seat in the house is filled, and they are all Penn State fans, and they're all cheering your name, Keegan, Keegan, Ness. Yeah, I think Ness. that I wouldn't want to do that because <laughs> it would freak me out. <laughs> And like I, because I'm not used to it, and it's just a one-off game. I think I would play really, really bad. So I, I don't live. think we I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, see, like, yeah, I've had some. When we go to Maryland, when we play at Maryland, their fans are nuts. I remember, so they have their student section right behind where the goalies, where the goalies are behind the goal, 
And I remember a couple of years ago, um, one of our keepers, his, uh, his Instagram wasn't private. And oh. I guess somebody went on his oh, Instagram no. and found his girlfriend's name and just oh. kept heckling about heckling him about it. Um, so you never know what you're going to hear from fans, even if they're on your team. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, I think I'd go with the 10 without fans, unfortunately. Jason, same question. Say, uh, bring it back to senior year in basketball. You can have Muller Jim full to the brim of fans all wearing your jersey, all cheering for Jason Russell when he gets to the free throw line that one time per game. You know what I'm saying? Or you can get 10 games with no one in the crowd whatsoever. I'm playing the 10 games, and I'm not even hesitating because I'm not – I'm playing the – I'm playing basketball because I'm – like playing basketball and if nobody sees the game then oh well nobody saw the game i would just want to still uh play the game so 10 games no fans without question you guys are lame okay last (laughs) one here keegan i think i gave this to you before i think i said it that if you don't want to answer this you don't have to but jason and i will resent you for it okay okay (laughs) <laughs> what is one thing that you would never want your teammates to find out about you? Oh, man, if anybody's going to hear this one, um, from my team, at least. Man. And the likelihood that they're going to listen to it is very slim. I don't know how we're doing, how we're performing in the Penn State area. I don't think we're big in Pennsylvania. Jason, you can double-check that, but right. I don't know if that's our strongest region. I know we've got some reach in um, a couple countries in uh, Africa. We've made it to the U.K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're up to 24 countries now. We added like two or three over nice. the past couple weeks. So. Does it have to be – sorry, can, does the question – did you say something that you wouldn't or they wouldn't want to know about me or just so, something in general? What is one thing that you would never want your teammates to know about you? What is there just something that you haven't told anyone on your team that you've been it's just been in the back of your mind that oh my if this comes out I am a freak on this team no one will love me. I don't want to expose myself. Right, exactly. Uh, what kind of uh, man, I don't. And again, you don't have to answer it. We'll just—I can just pose the question to Jason. He can say something. Uh, yeah, go to Jason. About how... Let me think a little bit harder because I'm All trying right. to think of something that's not too bad, but like. Just like a funny, yeah. a funny. Do you have like an embarrassing story or something that no one knows about? Just think along those lines, right? Um, Jason, yours is super easy. It's when you went to drill and you couldn't hit the target to save your life, oh. and you made. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. <laughs> it was your fault. It was not my fault. If I if I was in your squad, I wouldn't want to know that you went for what was it? Target target sixteen. Target sixteen had had none. I wouldn't want to know that. If I was running into battle with you. Okay, Keegan, there's a longer story behind that. It was not my fault. (laughs) It wasn't the scope. I promise. It was tested and tried. It was not me. Jason, 
claims he's a good shot, but I don't know the the evidence as of late. You might you might just be out of practice, Jason. Hey, Who knows? check my uniform. It's got a rifle expert badge right on it. So, sorry, this is there's no video on this podcast. I can't check your uniform. Yeah, well, Keegan, you got to hurry up and answer, man. We only got a few minutes left. <laughs> I think I have to pass. I can't think of anything that's good. That's fine. I'm sorry. And thank Whatever. you, Keegan Ness, for participating in your second uh, volume. If your second chat, I don't even know installment. That's the word of Grill the Guest. You survived, Keegan. It's all good. Thank you. Just ripped thank it off like a bandaid. Now we have to go quickly into name five. Jason, are you ready to participate? Finally, yep. Let's do podcast? it. All right. So this, I have five clips for you. Like I said, I'm gonna. Uh, only share uh, – I'm only going to share uh, about 10 seconds for each clip just really quickly um, to test the volume for this. How does this sound? Can you guys hear that? We can hear it. A little bit louder. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is good while we're doing this. How's that? Uh, I mean, I could probably go a little bit higher, but I wouldn't say by much. It is background music, so I'm trying not to play the entire clip. I'm good right there. Are you good, Keegan? I think so. Okay. All right. First clip, okay? And you guys type it down, write it down. Don't say it aloud. Uh, Listeners at home, you know the drill. Play along with us. We like to have fun here on the Nothing to Say podcast. Even if Keegan was too embarrassed to share something about him uh, liking to sleep without his underwear on. Something like that. I don't know. You know? Just <laughs> because he didn't want to participate. Is it? Okay, J- Jason yeah. just exposed oh, sorry, sorry. himself. <laughs> I actually, I don't, but I have actually, I've read a lot of studies that that is actually supposed to be very good for you. I've never actually done it, but there is a lot of science in behind uh, that being good for you. See, I would. I've, I've told this to Jenna because she's like, "Oh, why don't why don't you do that?" I'm like, "I don't want my junk on my blanket that I have to sleep yep. under every yep. single mm-hmm. day." Mm-hmm. It just totally doesn't make agree. any sense. Totally okay, agree. first clip. As Jason's just trying to get us a new change. All right, first yep. clip. You guys, you guys ready? Yup. Ready, ready, ready. All right. Vinny Smith the inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up three pointer. Ah! All right. You guys need to hear it one more time. Could you hear it fine? I'm good. I think I got it. And I want, so for this, I want the, uh, a simple description and maybe the opponent that it's against. Is that possible? Yeah, I think I got that one. All right. All right. Because if you just say, oh, Doncic shot, it's like, well, yeah, obviously it was in, it was in the commentary. Okay. Right. All right. Fans at home, you guys probably should have gotten that. I mean, that one was easy. That one was a layup. This one also is a little easy. You guys got that one? That one cut in and out a little bit. Yeah, right. I think I might need to replay. Yeah, it's all good. Oh, hey, guys, whoa. It's all good. Yeah? Yeah, I got it. 
Keegan, you need it one more time? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe one more time. Yeah, let's try it one more time. Oh, wait, hold on. I just, I just figured it out I, because I, I just realized who the name was. Okay. Do you guys know who the opponent for that game is? The opponent for know. that game is very important. I do, not I do know that one. I remember that one. Interesting. All right, let me know when you guys are ready for the next clip. I'm good. Ready. All right, perfect. Ronaldo. Genius! Absolute genius! All right. You guys want to hear it one more time? Jason, I'm not going to lie. There is no way. I would be so surprised if you know what this clip is. I wrote down soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Can you play it one more time? Yeah, I'll play it one more time. Okay, I think I. I want to say I know this one. I should know this one. Hey, you know what? There's no harm in it because I can confirm that Jason does not know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number four here. Okay. Could you guys hear that one fine? Yeah, can you play it one more time? And I would like a nice description for that one, too. Because obviously Lloyd is mentioned in it, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, you got it? I don't even I, know if you can spend time on that one. There's no way you get that one. I mean, I know the two names. I know what team they're on. I don't know. I I, I had to have been from uh, the most recent um, one, but I, I don't remember what game it was. Okay, you got that one wrong. Um, <laughs> Next one. I know the people involved. Wait, whoa, jeez. Jeez. All right. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Hold on. All right. You guys ready? Yep. All right, perfect. Do we need that one played again? I'm good. I yeah, I I know that. I yeah, I know I know that one, Sam. Thank you. Well, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I know who it is. And I know what school it is, but do I know the game? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Did you guys need – you guys got answers for all of them? I think so. You got an opponent, relative year, the years, and it doesn't really matter, but maybe an opponent, the occasion type of thing? I think for so. the first two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, number one, when did Luka Doncic hit this shot? That one was last year in the bubble, right? Yeah, against the Clippers. Against against the Clippers. Jason, did you have that? I didn't have the Clippers one. I knew it was last year in the bubble, Jeez. but no. Jeez. Okay, because I know I kind of jibbed you in this and picked pretty unfair clips, I'm going to give you that point. 
So it's tied 1-1. One, one, right? I'm going to lose anyway. But that's <laughs> <laughs> we got to so, move. I don't mean that be it, but we do yeah, have to yeah, move yeah, a little yeah. bit. Clip, clip number two. Hail Murray. Hail Murray versus Again? the Bills. Buffalo Bills. Jason? Mm, yeah, because that snapped the Bills' like seven-game win streak, I think. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. And that might be the closest. Number three. Yeah. Jason, what did you have for number three? I wrote um, six letters. I wrote soccer, and I put a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Keegan, what did you write for number three? I'm pretty sure this was from Ronaldo's bicycle kick in the Champions League versus Juventus. Mm. So you got the right guy. Yeah. Definitely Ronaldo. It was the free kick to get a hat trick against Spain. Oh, oh, he went open over the wall on the right side. Oh, I yeah. Okay. That makes it's kind of. It was. It was probably really hard to get that just from like what they said. Ronaldo genius. He's genius yeah. or something like that. But yeah. Uh, the fourth one. Jason, what did you have? I mean, it was the women's soccer team that was Carly Lloyd Good. and Alex Morgan. But I don't. It, well, it, had it, to, it wasn't that, technically, but yeah. Oh, was I could well? I thought that was what the audio said. It did. Um, it did mention Alex Morgan, but it was uh, Keegan. Do you have it? No, I literally have the same thing as Jason. I wasn't sure about this one to be honest. So it was Carly Lloyd's half line goal in the uh, twenty fifteen women's World uh, Cup final. I know the team. Japan. I think. Yeah. Okay. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. So neither of you get that point. Uh, so it's uh it's two two still. still do- Woo! <laughs> Jason's playing for a tie. Well, I know I know Keegan got this one. Yeah. Jason, yeah, the last one's a little bit biased. Jason, did you get this one? I mean, that's Saquon, and that's it uh, is. So I I mean I know, I know that he, I don't know. So who he what was year? Against. What do you, what year do you think this is in? Twenty eighteen. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you a better hint. Do you think he's playing in the NFL or college during this? I I have to hear the announcer again, but I'm gonna say that was his rookie year in uh, in the league. Jason, there is no helping you. Keegan, do you want to explain to Jason what that play was? I'm pretty sure this was in the bowl game. I don't remember the bowl, but it was against uh, University of Washington. When he had a super long TD run, right? Let me bring it up real quick. All right, let's just play the clip again. No, no, it's not this. Sorry. I, I shared it. I, it was, yeah, okay. I can't tell what team that is. Well, that is definitely not an NFL. Oh, oh yeah, it's getting kicked. No, that's okay. Yeah, against uh, Ohio State. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Damn. Did we tie? So it ends I guess we tied. Woo! Wow. Um, I don't – I didn't really have anything planned Keegan, for this. Keegan, you stuck in this game. <laughs> no, I, I was bad. I was bad the first time we played this, too. <laughs> I think I only got like two uh, last time too. You should have wiped the floor with me, man. <laughs> Honestly, man, Keegan definitely had. Keegan was. If we're gonna go off of who was closest won. and who actually <laughs> attempted to answer the most, <laughs> Keegan won by a landslide. <laughs> <He won. laughs> hey, but wrong is wrong. So. 
<laughs> but thank you guys for playing Name 5. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. Keegan, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Good to have you back. Absolutely. Well, it's 10 o'clock where you are right now, so get some sleep. Thank you. Um, thanks, for, thanks for staying up late with us. And, uh, you know, I, I – oh, I hope you have uh, – I hope you have some success in your May Madness tournament. <laughs> Thank you. Much appreciated. I'll, I'll I'll be sure to let you guys know how it goes. Is there a way? Is there a way to live stream the game? Can we get a Can we get a little uh, a little viewership? I think so. Um, I I can post something on on social media about it, but I, I don't have the link right now to be honest. But I, I'm sure it'll be streamed somewhere. I'd be curious to watch that, especially if you're playing. Yeah. So. yeah. What time are games? Uh, I believe our first game is at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, nice. Middle of the day. Well, if it's on a day that I have off and you're playing, then I'll for sure tune in. All right. I'll let you know. Sweet. So I just, I just went to the men's soccer website. I'm not, I'm seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of Keegan Ness. Do they not know who the most marketable face in their program is? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's got the freckles like I do. Yeah. Got that cutie face. Okay, now we're getting a little weird. Um, <laughs> so what? So they're all on like the Big Ten, the the yeah, the Big Ten Network. Our regular season games were yeah. Oh, so the NCAA tournaments. Hmm. They don't have anything yet. Sorry. Well, just screech that episode to a grain halt. If you uh, if you come across a link or something, Keegan, let us know. For sure, I will. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 86 of Nothing to Say to the Fans podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, next week on Tuesday, we're shooting for Tuesday, so release episode on Wednesday. We'll have an entire episode dedicated to the NFL draft. We have uh, a guest coming on with us. He's got a mock draft, and we'll just go through, talk about what is going to happen, what isn't going to happen, what may happen, and what might not happen. So we'll dive everything as deeply as we can into the NFL draft. So thank you guys so much for listening this week, and we hope you have a fantastic week and weekend, and we will see you all in a couple days. Keegan, thanks so much for coming on, man. I uh, really appreciate you brought it today. That was fun episode today. told you guys that Keegan was going to bring it, and you know what? Our guest next week is also going to bring it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. And Keegan, good luck to you and the Penn State Nittany Lions in – the men's NCAA tournament. Much appreciated. Yes, sir. So we will see you all very soon. Thanks, everyone.